0: Okay, so anyway, uh, four reasons why setting up a memorial, memorial in life, your a memorial in your life is important. So Joshua chapter four. So they just crossed the Jordan, uh, and here's where we're at. And it says, and it came to pass when all the people were clean, passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua. Now remember, like this wasn't just like you know hundred people. We're talking like hundreds of thousands of people crossing. This took some time. This didn't just like happen uh, real quick. Like this, uh, and you got to remember like. If you, you know how a river works, like, there's always water coming, and so the water has to continually be building. And so, like, as they're crossing, they're like, okay, I can see how the first person made it, but what's going to happen, you know, when I cross? And so, anyway, uh, and it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, take ye twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe of man, and command you them, saying, take hence, uh, take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones. And you shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you shall lodge this night. So basically, he's like, hey, uh, tell one guy out of every tribe to grab a stone as he's crossing the river, okay? doesn't really say why. Uh, he just says, just do it, okay? Sometimes you don't have to know why. You just have to be obedient. Uh, verse 4, Then Joshua called twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of uh, out of every tribe of man. And Joshua said, And them, pass over before the ark uh, of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan, You shall take up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of tribes of the children of Israel. So, it's pretty basic stuff, right? That, uh uh, this may be a sign among you that when the children may ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones, that you shall answer them, uh, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, uh, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. So he's just like, hey, this is why we're going to do this. Because, you know, it's easy to, like, forget what I did 10 minutes ago sometimes. Like, it's easy for me to forget what happened yesterday. You know, there's always the next thing. There's always what's coming up next. And, and, and it's easy to forget even some of the things that God has done in your life. And so, uh, the Lord's just like, hey, Joshua, we need to make sure something happens here. We need to make sure these we remember what has happened, right? Because there's even people in Israel that have forgotten the the parting of the red sea and so this is basically the same thing and uh only a different body of water say so, hey so we're going to take these stones over uh and this is why and joshua's like you know when you see these stones and we'll, we'll see what it kind of looks like here in a minute but it's going to remind you of what god has done in your life verse eight i think is where we're at and the children of israel did so as joshua commanded They took up twelve stones in the midst of jordan uh as the Lord spake unto Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over without the place... Uh, with them uh, under the place where they lodged and laid them down there, and Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of Jordan, in the place uh, where the feet of the priests which bear the ark of the covenant stood, uh, and there they are unto this day. Now this is just a complete sidestep, like side thought. I've studied this, I can't figure this out. Like there, are, there's always things in the Bible that's says like I, I don't understand this, right? Um, and so I've read this over and over again, and this is actually like. Just totally a side thought, but I just want you to to hear this because sometimes there's things like this that I think are cool. So as I was reading Joshua like over and over again before I ever told you we were going to study Joshua, like and so the theme of Joshua is what it's it's uh, blessing and obedience. Like every time God tells them to do something crazy, they do it, and there's blessing in it. But, you know, it's always when God tells them to do it, right? And it's just like, God said do this, they did it, there's blessing. And so, as I'm reading this, you read that, you know, God says, hey, take up 12 stones, have one guy take a stone uh, out of the river, and we're going to um, build an or basically build a memorial, an altar, right? But... The one thing and it's just in one verse and it's in verse 9 and I still can't find where the, the meaning of it is but it says that Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of Jordan. Like I don't for one I don't read where God told Joshua to do this. He's not like, "Hey, when you're halfway through the river, take 12 different stones and stack them up in the middle of the river." But he does it, right? And it's just like over and over again in the book of Joshua you read where God says do this and he does it and there's blessing. But for whatever reason, like, this is the one thing that I find that's just kind of out of the ordinary. And most of the time, you just read through it and you don't even notice that it's 12 different stones. But Joshua does this and he sets them up in the midst of the river. And so, as you're studying, like, if you ever come across why this happened, like, let me know. Because I've studied it, I've tried to find it, and I think it's one of those things that God's just going to have to reveal to me later. But there's a reason that it's here. Like, there's never something in your Bible that's just like, oh, that's just in there for, you know, fluff. Like that's not there. Um, it, there's a reason that it's there, and so anyway, Joshua t- set up twelve stones in the midst of Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priest that the Ark of the Covenant stood, and they are there into this day. So they're still in the river. So you know, if the river ever dries up, you go find these. But anyway, moving on, it has nothing to do with anything other than it's just interesting to me. Verse ten. For the priests which bear the ark in the midst, uh, which which the ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished. That the Lord commanded Joshua to uh, speak unto the people according to uh, to all that Moses commanded Joshua to the people, uh, and and the people hasted and passed over. So basically, these priests stood there while all of this happened. It could have taken days. We don't know. There was a lot of people. And it came to pass when all the people were clean, passed over, that the ark of the Lord passed over, and the priest and the presence of the Lord. Right? The ark is like the the picture of God to these people, and you know it's it's very interesting that uh, it would be like God was the first one to step into the river to stop the water, and God stood there and and. Held the water until everyone was passed over, uh, and then he was the last one out. It's a, there's a really good, uh, I don't know if you like, like war movies, but, uh, m- one of my favorite movies when I was, uh, younger in the Lord was called We Were Soldiers with Mel Gibson in it. And there's really, it wasn't even so much the movie, but the parallels between, uh, the battle of the Lord, right, and just in ministry and, and this movie was really good. And one of the coolest things was, uh, Mel Gibson, he's like the general in, in the movie and he's, He's like, I'll, I will be the first one to step foot on the field. Like they fly them in, and he's the last one to leave. And it's like that—that's a really good picture of leadership and ministry, right? You don't just say, "Okay, this is what we're going to do." Now I'm going to stand back and watch, right? He's the first one to step foot into battle and he's the last one out. right? And so it's kind of like the same thing. That The ark of the Lord, the picture of God, he's the first one to step foot into the river, into the battle, and he's the last one to come out. And so anyway, there's just a picture there that, that you kind of need to see. Um, and it came to pass, verse 11, uh, when all the people were clean passed over that the ark of the Lord passed over and the priests in the presence of the Lord. Verse 12, And the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh passed over armed before the children of Israel uh, as Moses spake unto them. Remember, they're the two and a half tribes that wanted their inheritance on the other side of the river. Um, 13, uh, Verse 13, about 40,000 prepared for war passed over before the Lord into battle into the plains of Jericho. So that's how many were from those two tribes, right? 40,000 people, and we're talking about just the men because remember the ladies and the the kids stayed behind from those two tribes. So when you think about that's two and a half tribes worth of men. And that's where I'm kind of guessing that there's hundreds of thousands of people that passed over. That's how many people just in those two tribes passed over um, into the uh, plains of Jericho. That's another reason. Just I'm just kind of giving you some side thoughts as we get into this. That's another reason why God said, this is where I want you to cross. I don't want you to go down to uh, the fords and cross where you would normally cross Jordan, like where it's shallow and it's really spread out. I want you to cross here because here is, this is the plains of Jericho, right? This is the, um, this is, they're going to know you're coming. And I want them to know you're coming. I want the people of the land to see the power of the Lord. Like, you can go and cross where everybody else crosses all the time, but when, like, the people of Jericho have to see this coming, like, oh my gosh, he just parted the river, and here they come through it. We have no chance, right? And you'll read that as you get into chapter 6 where they go into Jericho. They're so scared that they shut the city up, and they're like, I don't even want a battle. We're just going to wait. Right, and hopefully you pass by and go after somebody else. Like they're so terrified, but what the of what the Lord can do. So anyway, that's just something to know. Verse uh, fourteen, parallel this to uh, chapter three, verse seven. But verse fourteen, on that day, the Lord magnified. It doesn't say himself, but he says the Lord magnified Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they feared him as they feared Moses all the days of his life. Right, it was that day when Joshua said, I'll be obedient to the craziest thing that you asked me to do. Back up to chapter or verse 7 and chapter 3 real quick. And it says, and the Lord said, this is before they crossed Jordan. The Lord just said, Hey, this is the plan. Go tell the priest to stand in the water. And he's just like, You want me to do what? Or well, At least that's probably what he's thinking. He says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know, as I was with Moses, I'll be with thee. And he was obedient And then what happens? You get to chapter, verse 14 of chapter 4, and it says, On that day, the Lord did magnify Joshua in the sight of all Israel. When you're simply obedient to the craziest thing that God asks you to do, to jump on an airplane and fly to Mexico, not for vacation, but to minister to the people in Oaxaca, to, you know, get into the ministry with the the kingdom seekers, whatever it is, right? We've been talking the last couple weeks about, you know, crossing that proverbial Jordan River in your life, whatever it is that's just like that next big thing. You know, when you finally decide to do that, that's the day that the Lord will say, okay, you're willing to do the crazy thing for me. You're willing to step out in faith with me. I will now, you know, be with you in your life. I will magnify the things that, that happen. Verse 15, And the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Command the priests that bear the ark of the testimony that they come up out of Jordan. Joshua therefore commanded the priests, saying, Come up out of Jordan. And it came to pass when the priests bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord were come up out of the midst of Jordan, and the soles uh, of the priests' feet were lifted into the dry land, the waters of Jordan returned to their place. And flowed over his banks as they did before. So that's key because your uh, Bible critics will try to tell you, oh, well, it was like a drought in the land, and that's why the water, you know, slowed down enough that they could cross. And, like, that's why they put these details in there. It's like, do we really need to know that when they came out, the water went back? You do because uh, it kind of tells your Bible critics, no, it happened exactly like you said it did. So you can imagine, as the waters are building up, I don't know, like, how big the Jordan River is, but it's pretty good size, okay? And so this thing is, like, building up, and it took maybe days to cross over, like, I don't know if like it was just a tidal wave, like, okay, now it's, you know, get out of the way, because here comes the water, or what the, I can just only imagine some of the craziest things that happen in the Bible, and it's just like, okay, now God says let it go, you know, in the Red Sea, it says he parted the Red Sea until when, until they were passed over, and, you know, it came crashing down, and, you know, Pharaoh's army didn't serve so well, or fare so well in, in that. So I can only imagine what this looked like. But there's a reason that God puts these things in here to say, hey, uh, yes, now here the water comes back, and it was only after they left. So verse 19. This is where I want to get to, right? And so we'll read the rest of the chapter here and I'm going to give you four reasons just very quickly and we will get done because they're just four quick reasons. But why God does this, right? Why does He say to do this? And it says in verse 19, And the people came up out of Jordan on the tenth day of the first month and camped in Gilgal in the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch uh, in Gilgal. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye? These er, What mean these stones? That you shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord uh, your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until you were passed over, as the Lord your God did into the Red Sea, which he dried up from before, uh, before us until we were gone over. And all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord that is mighty, that ye might fear the Lord your God forever. So they cross over, and God wants them to basically have some sort of a memorial, right? And so we, we read this really throughout the Old Testament. There's like, there's the, these guys will build an altar unto the Lord or a memorial unto the Lord. And so the whole point that I want to kind of get across, because I knew we were going to be short on time today with, with praying and whatnot, but, um, is it's key for you to, when some, when God does something major in your life, that you do something to remember it, right? And I'm not saying you like gotta go out and, you know, build a, you know, some sort of memorial in your yard or whatever that looks like, but the, the, the point is don't let the big things that God does in your life just pass by. You know, you need to do something to remember it, to when you see it, when you think of it, right? That's why uh, at first I was like, I'm never going to write in my Bible because it was just like, that's God's book. I don't want to write in it. But it didn't take me very long to remember that it was like, or to, to see that like when I underline things or when I write things and then I come back to them, I remember what God has has done right and I even write notes you know in the margins sometimes and I'm like trying to figure out what it meant and then I remember what I was going through what happened in those situations and you know it, it's a way for you to have a memorial for what God has done and so you know we see this throughout the Old Testament right these guys that you know I did a quick search you know as I was getting this stuff ready of you know built an altar or built a memorial and here's just some of the names that popped up of these guys that you know Noah. Built an altar. Abraham built an altar. Moses, Joshua, Gideon, King Saul—before you know—he turned into wicked King Saul. Yeah, you know, he was God's anointed at one point. Uh, built an altar. David, Solomon—all these guys uh, took a time in their life for what God had done at some point, and they built an altar, right, to remember what God had done. And so. I kinda, you know, this has to happen in our life. And so I have four reasons, and they're pretty simple. They're not profound. Uh, but they're things that we need to remember. Four reasons why setting up a memorial, that's which, which is what they did here, in your life is important. Right? And so these weren't just like 12 stones. I, they had to like throw these stones on their shoulder. They were so big. It says in there that they had to carry them on their shoulder. Now, if I had like a rock that held in my hand, I probably wouldn't carry it on my shoulder. Right? But when I pick up something that's really heavy, I usually throw it up on my shoulder because it's a little easier, unless it's, like, really heavy, and then you, that's not a good idea. But anyway, we do these things, like, when we're working, and so you you throw it up on your shoulder. And so these were large stones, and so they were able to build a memorial out of it. And so the first reason why setting up a memorial in your life is important is it reminds you of what God has done in your life. That's pretty simple, right? He says it twice in a chapter, to remind you what God has done in your life. You know, if you, you know, like, the next trip comes up. I've, I've heard rumor, right, and so... uh rumors aren't always good but i've heard rumor that there's going to be several trips next year mission trips So we're talking about mission trips today and uh that there's going to be some trips next year uh some smaller trips and some bigger trips and you know there's going to be opportunity for you know anybody to say yeah here am i send me i want to i want to go and minister wherever it may be uh you know this trip you know i i think this would be an awesome place to go i like what god's doing there and I, i want to do that and so you know when you go on these trips or you do these things for the Lord and, and He comes through and it's just like, oh my gosh, there's no way that that ever would have happened save God, right? Then, you know, you need to, to do something to remember that, uh, to, to remember. And so when you set up these memorials, when you set up this this Proverbial altar in your life, and it's like I remember, right? It reminds you of what God has done in your life. I'll be reading through some stuff, and it's just like I totally remember going through this passage and how God like changed my view on this or changed the the way that I was, you know, going to do this or that or whatever. And you know, I I would give you some examples, but I don't have time. So you know, there's things that you have to. It reminds you of what God has done because sometimes you'll go through times in life where you forget what God has done, and you're just like, man, I don't even. This whole thing seems like a waste, right? I've been there. I've been there in my walk with Christ. It's like, is this thing even real? And obviously, you know that it's real. Obviously, salvation is real. Obviously, I know that the Holy Spirit of the Lord lives inside of me, but there are times in life where it's just like, like, if this is what a dry time is, then like, I'm living in the desert, Like You've been there. And so it's, it's times like that that you can look back and it's like, okay, so just because it's dry now, like, it, I was living in the rainforest then because, like, it was, God was coming through. And so, you know, it reminds you what God has done. The second reason why setting up a memorial in your life is important is it shows everyone else what God can do. It's no coincidence that they did this right here in the plains of Jericho, right? So they come out, and uh, this is kind of like when they see this, they're going to remember uh, the Lord God is not somebody you want to mess with. You know, when you see things happen in your life, and you set up a memorial, you know, we talk about you know our testimony or the day that we get saved or or this that or the other, and um, it allows everyone else in the world to know that um, God is real. You know, and sometimes the lost world needs to see that. They need to see that God can change lives. I'm proof of it. My wife has proved that we should all be proof of that. And so, you know, when you set up those more it, it shows everyone else what God can do. The third reason why it's important is it gives God the glory for the victory. Too often, when we go through something and something crazy happens, uh, and, you know, a lot of times God requires us to work, right, to get through something. And it would be easy for us to, when you get through the battle, to be like, man, you know, look what look what I did, right? Or, you know, look how uh, I had to come through this or I, I overcame this adversity or whatever it is. And it would be easy for us to be like, well, look at, no, this, when you set up a memorial, it proves that this was all God, right? And, and the, it was only of the Lord that this happened. It was only because God was real that this happened. And so we need to make sure that God gets the glory for the victory. When you set up an altar in your life, you know, it's easy to be, like this was all God. God told me to do it. I'm going to set it up. When the children of Israel see this thing, they're just like, okay, yeah, we, we crossed the river and it was dry. And it wasn't because it was dry out. You know, it, it was all God. He, he He split the river for us. We crossed it and we see these stones and it, we're going to give God the glory for that because God is the, you know, He's the one who gave us the victory. And, and the last reason as we get through this and... You know, I kind of fast forwarded through chapter four because it just kind of talks about what already happened in chapter three, and we spent a lot of time there. But uh, the last reason why setting up a memorial in your life is important is it will remind you of what God can do when things seem impossible. Right? And so it kind of goes along with number one, but there are times in life where you'll come across something, and it's like, well, yeah, I know God wants me to do this, but that's not possible. Right, they're getting ready to uh, go charge Jericho, you know, and the, the the walled city. And what are they going to do? Well, it seems impossible, except God. Right? That seems like it can't happen. Save God. And so it's going to remind you of what God can do when things seem impossible. When. You know, When God says, hey, I want you to step out and do this. I want you to step out and, and lead. I want you to do this. And you're like, that's not me. I can't do that. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I remember that, you know, that one time when you were over here. And it's like, oh, yeah, I do remember that. And it's like, you can do that. And, and it can only happen when you put your faith in me, and when you lay it all down for me. And so it reminds you what God can do when things seem impossible, right? These guys didn't just set up these altars because God said, hey, just set up an altar. They did it because it's a memorial. Right, it's a way for them to remember things that sometimes you forget. You know, it's easy to sometimes forget how good God is. It's sometimes easy to forget of the things that we should know. Right, I know that salvation uh, is of the Lord. I know that salvation can't be lost. I know that you know these things that that God is going to come through even when it's hard. And I know these things, but I also know that sometimes when you're in the midst of the battle, it's like. It's easy to forget those things. And so when you set up a memorial in your life, when God does something amazing in your life, do something. Write it down. Do something to where when you come back across it, it's just like, oh yeah, like God is more real than I even remember Him being. And so that's why we do these things. That's why they set up this memorial. So when they see it, they're just like... God is for us who can be against us and so he does this as a picture of what he's going to do as they now go into the promised land and start taking it over because it's God's land right and so they go into Jericho and then Ai and they go against all these different people and it's you know it's all because of God right they can't do anything without God and we'll see that but it's only because God does it his way and so when you're simply obedient God will bless it and so that's kind of what we see happening here and so those were just four quick things as we wrap up, kind of the, the story of crossing the Jordan, and we'll get into and we'll slow down a little bit as we get into chapter five and then chapter six. Uh, there's a lot of uh, stuff there that goes into it. So anyway, uh, with that, let's pray uh, and get out of here. I know you know we kind of went a little bit long, and I know there was a lot of stuff that we had to get through today. But uh, please do uh, pray for the guys in in, in Oaxaca. Um, when you step out and go on a trip, it seems it seems like the um, And I don't know if I should say this, but it seems like the sexy thing to do. It's like, yes, I'm going to go on a mission trip, right? And it's going to be awesome. And it it all seems really awesome and really cool, right? Until you get there. And then you've been gone for several days. And your spouse isn't there with you. And it's like the first time I went to India... uh, I'd never been away from Paige for more than 24 hours, like since we had been married, and you don't even realize those things. But it was just like everything we did, we did together, uh, and so then all of a sudden, uh, I go on this trip to India, and I'm gone for two weeks, and it was just like it was hard for me. Uh, I think my wife had a party, but it was hard for me. <laughs> anyway, but. Like when you step out and say, Yeah, I'm going to do this, it seems like the really awesome thing to do is that you get there and you're away from everything and you're away from your kids and just normal. and Pray for them because uh, that'll hit them. It, it always does. Even when you're there with your spouse, it's still, there's things that you, and so be praying for them. Be praying that, that God's will is done. There's a lot of things that are going to be happening. Uh, and so uh, these things don't happen by coincidence. And so just be praying that God gets the glory from all of it. Were you okay, saying something? Yeah. Your, since we're talking about missions, uh, Today, they are ordaining Paul Waller in London as the pastor of that church plant, right? So that's a pretty huge... That is really huge. Brian Clark theirs. planted a church, and he found a local leader, and uh, it's taken a lot of years. I met Paul on our second trip over there. And so, Brian and Mindy have been in London. They've had all four of their kids in London. So I think... Madison, no, three of their kids. Anyway, so. yeah. it takes. Sometimes it takes a long time for for the plan to come through and so yeah anyway that is really cool so yeah let's pray and we'll get out of here father god i love you i thank you for today i thank you for uh just being a god that's faithful to your word um uh, lord we we don't have to wonder if you're going to come through uh we just need to know that if we're obedient you will come through and so uh, god i pray that you be with the team in mexico i pray you be with uh, uh the church uh in in london lord is uh they're ordaining Uh, Paul today and um, Lord I do pray that you just get the honor and glory from our lives as we uh, just take the next step of faith whatever it may be that you would just get the honor and the glory for it that you would uh, just remind us uh, of the things that you have done and that we would know that you are real uh, not because of uh, what we think we know but because of what you've done and so uh, God I pray that you would just send us out this week as lights in a dark world that you get the honor and the glory from our lives in Christ's name Amen. All right, guys uh, see you next week